I would lose my mind if Joe Justin wasn't behind us 24-7 with a whip. That sounded creepy. Anyway. The greatest punk rock town in the fucking world. Hi everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Savage Mountain Punk Podcast, the place where punks get savage. I'm your host, Jerry LaFemina. And it's me, Mercedes Hedick, and we're hanging out in the Punk Fest War Room. Well, actually a dining room table in Frostburg, Maryland, to bring you the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the Savage Mountain Punk Festival. It's a little crazy out there, Jerry. Music venues are closing, tours are being canceled, and with all this social isolation, we're missing out on some of our favorite shows and supporting the communities behind them. So, we're here to give you all savages a taste of home away from home, with a podcast full of killer people who support and define the punk rock scene, while also keeping you updated on Savage Mountain 2020. Savage Mountain 2020 is still scheduled for August 6th, 7th, and 8th in Frostburg. And you can find out lots more information and up-to-the-minute information by listening to this weekly podcast or visiting www.svgmtnpunkfest.com or following us on Facebook. Now, I recognize... Some of you punks out there may not know anything about the Savage Mountain Punk scene. So we're going to take a moment and talk a little bit about what the Savage Mountain Punk Fest is and how it all began. I have a very strong feeling, guys, that this is all Jerry LaFemina's fault. Well, you know, I'd been playing punk rock in Western Maryland almost since I got here. First in the Furious Hours and then the Downstrokes. And then it was a pretty good scene. We had shows at Duncan's. And we had shows at Dante's, um, some of which I booked, some of which I just attended. And we started to talk about, wouldn't it be great if there was more? And so the club, Dante's, and some local punks and myself got together, and we started talking about what was possible, and we grabbed a weekend in August. And in 2016, we had the first ever Savage Mountain Punk Festival. 20 bands, three shows, two days, and it was great. 90 people came out. We thought, wow, that's a great success. But could we do better? I, uh, I became a Savage Mountain addict at that point. And so we started talking almost immediately after the first festival about a second festival. And then it started to snowball. We started to think, what bands could we bring out? And so we brought out the Undead. And then the following year, we brought out Blitzkid alum Argyle Goolsby and the Crypt Keeper Five. And then we brought out the Queers. And every year, it got bigger and bigger. We had, you know, 175 people there. The place was packed. Yeah, we almost hit capacity that day. And the amazing thing was... We didn't lose that old-school punk rock vibe, which was the bands are in the audience, and then they're on stage. And what happened was that all these people became friends, but more, the community got involved. And that's so rare, especially, I mean, you look at, you look at Frostburg, and you see this very quaint 
beautiful small town um, in the mountains, and it's basically this place that after the recession, the rest of the country pretty much forgot. Just one of those old mining towns. Um, and so you wouldn't think that a place with like 80 churches <laughs> would support a punk rock festival. And at first, you know, people were really wary. And I have to be honest, I felt that way at first. I had this idea that it was going to be people punching each other, rude people. It was, you know, going to be loud, awful music that I didn't like. And I kind of fell in love with the festival. Um, because it was the exact opposite. It was great musicians, great music, great friends that I plan on having for the rest of my life. And every single time, we have gotten nothing but raving compliments about how our community, our audience members are the nicest people, you know, someone's ever met. Well, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the philosophy, which is it's not about me. It's not about any one person. It's about the scene. You know, my goal has always been lots of bands with lots of fans. We make lots of friends. And it's not a lot of cash. I mean, you talk about Frostburg being a small town. It's a small town that's two hours from Pittsburgh, D.C., Baltimore, Harrisburg. It is only four and a half hours from New York, four hours from Philly, four hours from Cleveland. People come out and they stay. What I've been amazed by is that we've had people from Denver show up. We've had people from California show up. We have somebody who comes down from Connecticut every year, somebody who comes from Richmond, Virginia every year. We keep the prices low. Mm -hmm. It's inexpensive to stay around here. And we have an intimate venue size. People want to be one of those 200 people in the audience. You want to be standing right next to Joe Queer, watching another band. You want to be able to touch, you know, Argyle Goolsby's foot and maybe never wash your hand again. Um, I was never a, a punk. But what I really think is it's the do-it-yourself aspect of the community that I've really fallen in love with. Um, and and I'd, I'd have to say that it's, it's do-it-yourself together. Um, and that's, I think, one of the hardest parts about being socially isolated right now is you have the do-it-yourself aspect, but you feel like you're not doing it together. And so I really hope that this this podcast kind of brings people together. You know, people ask, how did you get into this? I mean, I went to my first punk show in 1982 at Tompkins Square Park in the Lower East Side. I saw Kraut, Reagan Youth, Murphy's Law. It was amazing. And I played my first punk show in 1984. I've played shows in, you know, a bunch of the states. And I've seen communities in which 12 people are putting on a show. You know, three people rent the hall. One person has a PA. Another person does the posters. You know, two people are writing a zine for the community. And that sort of really influenced everything else I've done in my life. I was a literary arts activist for years. And when I stepped down from that role, I really went back to the music I loved and wanting to do something with my time and my energy and everything I'd learned from putting on literary events to bring it back to punk rock. And I'll tell you this, it's really amazing. 
you know, I'd do a poetry event and I would beg people to come. It would be free. And I'd be lucky if 30 people showed up. I throw a punk rock event and it costs, you know, $15 a show and 175 people show up. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, Jerry is a machine. I can attest to that. He is a straight up nonstop machine. I, on the other hand, am more punk by proxy. I really fell in love with the festival more than necessarily the music. When I showed up in 2018, uh, I was standing at the merch table to help Jerry out. And I met so many wonderful people that day. And as a musician, I play the piano. I've played it since I was six. Um, and I'm currently teaching myself the guitar. I can appreciate good music, no matter what genre it is. A good musician is a good musician. A good band is a good fucking band. And I was really impressed with the amount of good fucking bands I saw that day. All I wanted to do was help out. So later uh, in 2018, I began to put together photos and brochures. And it just became this thing that took over both of our lives and every single date night thereafter. But it's not just about Mercedes and me. I mean... We couldn't do this without a really good network of advisors and sponsors. And it starts with Ronnie Morrison and Jackie Palesa. Ronnie Moe is the singer of Middle Age Brigade, and Jackie owns an orthodontist uh, practice. They not only sponsor the festival and give us a lot of the money required to make it happen, but we meet regularly to talk about bands talk about what's possible, talk about the how to make it bigger, better, and more fun. Let's not forget our Lord and Savior, Joe Jessen. Joe is great, and Joe and I go back to when we were 15. This man comes down from Connecticut, about a six-hour drive, every single year for all three days, puts everything together with us, helps us load in stuff, helps us take stuff out, plays in some of the bands and hangs out. Um, you know, he's always Skyping with us and making sure that we're on our shit. Um, we also can't forget Charlie McCord, who is sound man extraordinaire. He and Todd Gowans both. And Charlie was uh, a real driving force behind the early days of the festival. He has canceled events that he loves because he loves doing sound at Savage Mountain more. He missed out on a, a fish concert? Yeah, first fish concert that he missed out on in years to be at the Savage Mountain Punk Fest. And really, Charlie is a hell of a sound man, but he's also just a, a real force in making it happen. Michelle and Grody has really been my right-hand lady uh, during the Savage Mountain Punk picnic launch and helping me find vendors, support vendors, because she is a vendor. She knows what they want. She knows what you guys need. Um, and I don't know what I'd do without her. And that's how I feel about Craig O'Hara and Lauren Cooper. Um, they were uh, instrumental in PM Press. They are both old-time punks. And uh, they, in the early days particularly, um, supported the festival with money, but also helped book some bands, gave some ideas, 
uh, were always willing to talk about what was possible and what we might do next. And Robin Summerfield very much so is the man in the middle who decides the tiebreakers between us. Um, he's such a great voice of reason. Thank you so much, man. And Robin also knows a lot of the local politics and how, how to navigate them and a lot of the local sponsors. And that's important to recognize because this isn't just about a group of punks putting on a show. It really is now uh, the whole city and all of Western Maryland coming together uh, from the city of Frostburg support to Allegheny County tourism support, you know, and then all the local businesses that help out too. And of course, there are lots of people we could thank, friends and fans who come out and give us their advice and their ideas. Brian and Sarah, you know, Ron Sicaccio from Snubbed Records. Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, Arturo Santiella and uh, so many other people who are involved. Um, and if we went through the list, it would take up this podcast and another. where people are hurting and a lot of bands are shut down and a lot of venues are shut down. Do your best to help out the clubs, the workers in those clubs, and of course the bands who bring you the music and create the scene. If you can, go to Bandcamp, buy some songs, download some stuff, buy some merch, and I'm sure there are plenty of ways to help out your local servers, bar staff, sound men, etc. Look at GoFundMe for all information about those sorts of programs. I'm just saying, some kind of nightmare t-shirts make an excellent Mother's Day gift. Damn straight. So do Snubbed Records coffee mugs. One of the things about all of these people that we've mentioned we welcome back to the podcast is that they all give us input about what to do for next year they tell us who they want to see they tell us what they want to hear so really pulling off a festival i mean it's it's hard to please 250 plus people one of the great things about i think the savage mountain punk fest is that we've always had a really good mix of of bands of business, of audience members. I mean, I like to see a little ska punk. I like to see a little hardcore. I like to see a little horror punk. And it all comes together nicely. There's just so much. There's a little bit of something for everyone. And pulling that off has not been easy. I mean, one of the things we always have to consider is, you know, do we want another horror punk band? Or how many hardcore bands? Or how many pop punk bands? I mean, we try to be as diverse as possible in terms of those things. And then we're also thinking about, you know, our shows. Typically, in the past, we've had a Friday night show, a Saturday all-ages show, a Saturday night show. But this year, this upcoming year, we changed it to have a Thursday night show, a Friday night show, Saturday and Saturday night show. You know, we have to think about, our, we have an all-ages show, putting bands that are, you know, all-ages friendly. You know, I think we had one time, uh, what was it, Nightmare Sonata playing Chainsaw Sodomy during an all-ages show. That was deliberate. I, 
want to make sure that we're not teaching these kids things before their time. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, I think it's okay. You got you to gotta push some boundaries every now and then. You're all about pushing boundaries. I am indeed. Uh, you know, and then we get emails and Facebook messages all the time from oh bands God. who want to play the festival. There are more of you than there are of us. This is a lot of work. And so when I hear from bands, I, you know, I want to I wanna link. Don't make me look it up. Come on, help me out a little bit. And uh, that said, there are a lot of bands who, you know, come, you know, contact me and they are super excited and want to play. And that includes bands from Hungary and Poland and, you know, Brazil. It's amazing how many bands have reached out to me from other parts of the world wanting to play our small festival. Um, it's, it's a lot. Um, we, we don't really think about that too much. But when we think about the festival, we normally think about it before the previous festival has ended. We're planned for 2021 in terms of dates, and we're even planned a little bit for headliners, although now that so many things have been canceled this year, it'll be interesting to see what those bands have in store. And we have some great headliners this year, that we're going to talk about in our next podcast. Yeah, so we, we normally start out with thinking about how we're going to do it, you know, what kind of shows we're going to do, um, do we need to expand. We were thinking about venue last year because we hit almost the entire capacity of Dante's. So we had to really take a long, hard look at do we need to move to a bigger space? And then Dante's closed and everyone freaked out. You know, I'll say this. I had the utmost confidence that we would be back in that venue uh, under its new management, and Dig Deep Brewery has taken it over, and we're super excited to be working with them. And I love being in a small space. I mean, I want people to be, you know, I want them to be excited and hungry to be one of the 200 people in the room. It's a year-round thing for us. It's a nonstop thing for us and in between there we also put on other shows we normally try to put on one punk show a month or so and then we added in the punk picnic so yeah we're kind of spinning 18 different plates for the two of us and our super awesome team and then the week of the punk festival it's crunch time we have to have you know our catering for the bands in place we have to have the back line moved in we have to have the guest room ready for everybody who's crashing at our house. I panic clean like a motherfucker. And then it happens. And it's amazing. And it's exhausting. And it's amazing. And, you know, we have to make hard decisions. Uh, I have to tell bands, you're taking a year off. Um, not because they're bad bands, but because I have to rotate stuff in. And... You know, sometimes people get frustrated, but I hope they realize that my concern is always for the festival and the community. That's first. Yeah, we love, I mean, passionately love, like, I truly love every single band that we have had out. You know, from from their music to them as individuals, I am fully supportive of them, their journey. Um, you know, and I don't think that 
you know anyone's out there saying oh man we don't get to play next year i'm angry at you i i, I think that everybody has been so respectful and kind and understanding that man we got to play for four years straight you know this this has been an awesome experience we look forward to being able to come back at some point but you know what we we're going to come out anyway we're going to have a good time and that's what it's about it's about not just coming out to play but coming out to play to come out and have a good time festival is a good time and that's why we're trying to make sure that it happens this year with everything going on the punk picnic has been more important than ever and unfortunately, we had to reschedule it from our original May 2nd date to September 26th. Yeah, I mean, what happens is we take the revenue from the picnic and we put it towards the festival. It's that simple. We're hoping that by the time the festival happens, and especially come September, we're going to be able to have 150 people out in Hoffman Park. But the picnic is so important because it has allowed us to afford bigger and better headliners every year. The more successful the picnic in terms of punk rock flea market vendors and food trucks and beer sales and, of course, ticket prices, the more successful the festival can be because we can keep the festival ticket prices low, which is always our goal. Last year, it afforded us the queers. This year, it's going to afford us the biggest headliner that we have contracted to date. I mean, mind-blowing headliner. We are technically not allowed to announce it yet, but we will, hopefully in our next podcast. I, I want it to be known that we had our first national sponsor lined up, and they uh, shut down all sponsorships for the foreseeable future. And so just when I was, you know, sort of, getting this deal done we lost it we have sponsors who are on board but let's face it some of our local sponsors may not be able to support us the way they have in the past and we're okay with that that's right and a really huge thing for us is this jerry and i don't mind sinking money into this thing we are not in this to make any money we are happy when things break even Jerry's just amazed that people actually make money doing things like this because he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know what it is we're doing wrong, but apparently it's something. Um, we don't care. We're so long as we break even, you know, that's that's a great thing for us. But if we don't, what does that look for? Break even. <laughs> okay, so long as we only end up paying a couple hundred dollars maybe a little more we don't mind but this year we might be in a little bit of trouble that makes the picnic all the more important and really it makes having as many people come through the door for all three shows all four shows all three days more important so having the picnic after the festival on september 26th will one allow us to be able to at least recoup some of the cost that we've put in of our own money and put it towards next year's festival and two as much as we are confident that we're going to have a savage mountain punk fest we don't know exactly what that's going to look like if we're going to have to limit our ticket sales if we're going to end up having you know less people in the venue and so there might be a chance maybe not a big chance but there might be a chance in which 
the punk festival doesn't happen at all. And I want to make sure that we at least have something to show for all the hard work and something to show up for the community and something to show up for you fans. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to think about the punk festival not happen. We are on schedule. I've seen photographs of the work that's been going on inside the Dante space. It's beautiful. And Dig Deep Brewery is doing a lot of great things to make sure we have a festival. Yeah, we've always wanted this year, our, our fifth year, our, our big hurrah, to be the biggest and best festival yet. And, and I really do think that we're going to get there. But, you know, our concern is that because of the situation, people might not feel safe or secure going out. And we want everyone to know that we are doing everything in our power to make sure that at all of these events, when they happen, that everyone is safe and having a great time. Yeah, I mean, we're going to take extra precautions, of course. We'll have, you know, we'll be sanitizing microphones between each band, you know, sanitizing the back line between each band, making sure that, you know, we keep it as safe as possible. And, of course, you know, if we have to, we're going to have a show us your punk rock masks competition uh, to, to for giveaways because, let's face it, some of y'all need to wear masks anyway. You're one to talk. Hey, who was that masked man? Moving on. But this is where it turns to you guys and how you can help. You know, but this year it's going to be a little bit different. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I know so many people who work really hard to put this together. Now it's your turn to, you know, jump in, support wherever you can. We're in the middle of a crisis here. And... I don't just mean that for the festival, I mean that for every single person listening. Everyone is in the middle of a crisis, so reach your hands out, grab a hold of whatever you can, and if that means punk rock music, if that means a three-day music festival in a small town to just get away from it all, then by all means, please give money to the Indiegogo campaign, follow us on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and... and Whatever you can do, we, we really appreciate it and thank you. And we want to thank all our past sponsors uh, for their support. We want to thank our friends and our fans and the bands who come out every year, the city of Frostburg and all of Western Maryland who uh, you know reaches out and supports us. And most of all, there are a whole bunch of people that are just faces that say thanks at the end of the weekend. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for your support, and look forward to your continued support. And I just want to invite everybody to tune in next week. We're going to talk about the 2020 Festival in depth. All three days, all four shows are going to be covered. I'm Mercedes Hedick. I'm Jerry LaFemina. That's it. Have a great night, everybody. Yo, thank you all. So fucking awesome to come here, man. We're so appreciate so much for the invite. Great time, man. Thank you.